have a point of embarkation. Okay. Yeah, I like it. You know that school, Xavier? Yeah, I almost went there. Did you really? Yeah. For real? For real. Did you, you toured it? I toured the campus. It's in uh, lovely Cincinnati, Ohio, where uh, a good deal of my family is. Oh, okay. I toured that, uh, Miami of Ohio, and University of Cincinnati during a, during a week, I believe. Cool. So you almost went to Ohio. I almost, uh, I almost became an honorable Midwestern guy. Huh. Yeah. Little, little, little fun facts for you. You didn't, you didn't think I would drop. What do you think your life would be if you would? Oh boy, it would be pretty different, I think. Yeah. If I went from the west to the east. Yeah. Hmm. Not so many people leave Ohio, so. Really? I probably would have stayed in Ohio. Yeah. Friends of ours are from Ohio. They left. I mean, they live here. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Xavier. Huh. What, what about it? I knew I associated that school with you for some reason, because you always corrected the pronunciation of it. When you say X Xavier. No, it's Xavier. Xavier. Yeah, you don't say the X. Say Although the X. I think I just did say the X. Well, because I, you know, just trying to fight, get on people for. But I was, you know, it's like okay, I guess that makes sense. But why spell the X then? Oh well, yeah, that's obviously about the X language, Xavier. Yeah. But then I guess. Anyway, are you uh, are you applying for graduate school there? No, no. Small, small school. Is it pretty small? small you school. weren't impressed. You obviously went with Colorado State. I think I'm. Uh, I'm more of a. I think I just that's too big, too big of a move for me. You know, it's just gotta stay. I think Miami of Ohio is a very good school. I probably would have failed out of that one. That was a very pretty campus. That's in uh, northwest of Cincinnati. I just know Ben Roethlisberger went there. Did went there. So they couldn't have been too. No, uh, no well, I mean, Ath- I mean athletes. Athletes can probably athletes. had a quote unquote tutor. You and I both, you know, had to grind our way through the old academic realms. What about you, K State? Anything else? Where we? Th- why not? Why not? KU, big school. It's the state school. No, it's not the state school. Kansas State. Yeah, K-State's the state school. KU, there's a lot of similarities between Colorado, CU, and Boulder, and KU. It's kind of the hoity-toity Kansas. KU's in Lawrence and kind of the weird hippie-type people migrate there, much like they do to CU in Boulder. It's got the law school. K-State has the vet school, much like you see that's how i broke it down i toured ku i almost went there eh, i guess i'm fine with it i think i even i think i even got into uh university of cincinnati i think maybe xavier too you needed if you had above a 21 on your act you could get into any school any public school in the state is guaranteed that's part of the criteria i got it that's what i got in the act I don't know. 22. Oh. I can just breeze right into, I had my pick of two. I think, you know, I don't even remember what I got on those. I don't think I did very well. Yeah, 22 is not very high. I, I mean, I couldn't even tell you what I got on those. I got a funny? 15 on the math part. Like, I did really bad. I did okay on the language stuff. Yeah. But I the, the math tanked me, so I barely got into college. But you, you you did it and you, you got through it. I mean, six years at a at a state school. But yeah, I mean, look at you now, Podunk State School. Yeah, come on now, middle of the country. We got listeners all over the world. You know, you don't need to sully your school's name. No, I like. I still root for the school. Did you give them money? No, no, <laughs> I don't have the money to do to do that. No, and even if I did. PSU stopped asking for money a long time ago. They, yeah, I think my parents might. I don't know if they have my address out here. I think my parents might still get all that mail. Should we send this episode to, to the school and be like, hey, look at this guy. He's uh, K-State. He, he reads books. Does K-State have a good English department? Oh, I don't know. I was a history and poli-sci guy there. Okay. Colorado State's pretty good English department. Good writing program. You do say so yourself. 
I've, I've, I never, yeah, never went with that extra route. It's funny. It, an English degree really doesn't mean anything until you do the graduate stuff. Yeah, and even then. Even then, it's a little, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. if you went to a magician school, it might be better. Maybe, at least you could do magic. And, let, and then you have a career. You go to like magic conventions and trade tricks and invent tricks and sell those. Yeah, I mean, honestly, your liberal liberal arts degrees will qualify you to be a what person. would you if you could do it all over again i'm not saying you can't would you still do the history poli sci stuff yeah um, this is the only thing maybe i could have maybe thrown in english i the, the english is the only other thing i could have gotten through because if i'm not interested in something i i had i still have a terrible work ethic but 18 year old me had just such a terror. It would have been, so I wouldn't have been able to, to make it through in any other field. Even if I were to be like, okay, no, I'm gonna do a more practical thing. I would have, I would, you know. With the history, I was at least interested and could do the essays, and like, you know. So that was a consideration. So I, no, I wouldn't. I, would. I could see you being a, like a farmer, agriculture, something like that. Work ethic, man, I'm not getting up that early. I think I could see you being- I gotta a- get up early. Oh, all right. Anyway. I Seriously, just, you got the chores. Those cows ain't gonna milk themselves. Oh, that's it. Yeah. So no, no work ethic. The idea of it is nice. I like the idea of having my own land and kind of doing my own thing. I think you and I should reality of it. No. Should start a farm together. You do the early morning stuff. No, how about we just have land and we don't actually have anything. We just we don't grow it. We just like grow grass. No like chickens or something halfway easy. No, 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 no animals. What the, I mean, I guess. What would you eat? Good point. Pizza delivered? Your farmers don't grow anything. Order a lot of takeout. I think this is a, this would be a funny story, a book we could write. Farmers that don't grow anything. I'm farming, but I ain't doing any work. I think, I think, what is that? The government does that sometimes to people. Like, don't grow anything. We'll oh it. yeah yeah at certain points they'll, they'll pay it uh, there's pictures i think from the great depression people like pouring milk down the yeah what what would it be our crop that we didn't grow that the government paid us not to grow i mean it seems like a borderline scam type thing i know that's what i'm talking about let's think about this no soybeans corn we are recording this so it's a little bit like we might want to fake out the list hypothetical i don't i mean it's, it can't be that easy otherwise a lot of people do it okay i think it's kind of I think it's a good story, the little short stories, you know. Yeah, somebody applies for uh, farm subsidies, but they don't have a farm. <laughs> right. So they get farm subsidies. They live in a uh, apartment complex. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a fake, a fake tracks of land from somewhere outside of uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, outside of Xavier. There you go. Xavier. It's so, it's so random that you brought that up. Eh, kind of ties in ish a little later it's one of the books okay oh okay. okay maybe not really anyway should i start the episode or do you have any more anything you want to milk out of the um fake farms college discussion now let's move on we should have geese a lot of geese I don't think you can tend geese. Well, we can just like have an inviting pond. Encourage them to stay. Bees. We do bees at bee farm. Bees and geese? Get some of that honey. Bees and G's. Yeah. And the geese would come through. You know? Yeah. That's been fun. And on that note, welcome to There Will Be Books, a podcast about books and Xavier University. I am Peter, joined as always by Matt. Let's uh, let's let's write the ship. Let's let's get on track here, because we're talking, we're doing our thing. This uh, tonight, we are nominating books for our monthly book club. That would be April, um, March. We have Black Swan Green, which we haven't done an episode on by David Mitchell, but um, we kind of, I think we have a little theme war tonight, which should be exciting. Those are always fun. Mm-hmm. When we're- this is going to be a. I think this is going to be a competition. I want to make it a competition. All right, let's 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 make it make it so. If the listener is not familiar, uh, these episodes are we nominate books uh, for our monthly book club. Matt has three nominations. I have three nominations. That's usually the number. I broke that rule tonight. Just hey, to, me too. Just a little warning. Okay. Sometimes, um, 
we add random, you know, secondary kind of uh, book club type things. A little while ago, we did a seasonal, uh, or not seasonal, but like offshoots of the seasonal book club. Mini seasonal. We just we just kind of we 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 make our own rules here. Um, hey, so get this. You know what I'm doing tonight? I have four nominations. I have five. And then one. Oh, okay. Well, and I have I have five, but I have one that I'm not officially nominating, but I'm bringing it up because I may seriously push for it to be our next mini seasonal. Oh man! Here oh, come man. May or June, whenever we're done with the Marlon James. So, man, a lot of books. We shouldn't have wasted so much time talking about stupid Xavier. No, stop it. Or whatever you know, starting to you know, Jeez. having a farm that doesn't grow anything. We're not going to defraud the government by applying for a farm subsidy and getting it sent to a P.O. box in the Cayman Islands. We're not going to do that. We're not doing that. That's not what we're doing. But like I mentioned, theme, you told me a week ago, hey, Peter, I don't want to just, you know, give away all my secrets, but uh, my nominations for April are going to be nonfiction. Yeah, they're all nonfiction. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll do that. Guess what? That's what they call a hint. That's a little hint. Yeah. Um, all five of mine are nonfiction. Okay. You said you had one historical fiction? I thought, well. Did you strike that? That's okay. That's okay. I was going to go real depressing on you. I'm just going to let you know. Uh, I was going to do a lot of what what my original idea was um, historical fiction war novels. See, yeah, that's cool. Kind of tie into a little bit of the current political, oh, gotcha, real yeah. life situations that are going on because I, I, it's one of my favorite genres to read. I think it's fascinating. It is depressing in, in nature, but there's a lot of good uh, books and literature that come out of kind of tragic wars. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was going to go that route, but then I kind of got depressed just thinking about these books. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Being completely honest with you. Um, and if we're going to do the competition thing, you know, the depressing stuff tends not to win. Yeah, it does, you don't get swayed by the depressing stuff. Yeah, You're a cheery guy that's drinking, you know, a DC with some green tea in it. That's a Diet Coke. Mix yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's Diet Coke. It's nothing weird. You No, you mix in green tea with it, you told me. No, I have a separate mug for green tea. I have You're, two a lunatic. You're a lunatic. Come on now. Gotta stay up. Gotta yes. stay pumped. You gotta stay pumped. Are you gonna read after this episode? Uh, probably gonna watch TV and feel guilty for not reading. <laughs> I, I should that. read. I should get a jump start on whatever we choose. But I will probably watch Justified. I've never seen that show. It's a good show. Okay. We can, if you want, we can just do a Justified episode. By we could turn this thing. Uh, I don't the know. I don't that seems like a dated show, isn't it? No, it's still good. Well, it's based on Elmore Leonard book, so it's yeah, literary. Obsessive. Anyway, let's let's get started here. So we look. Sounds like we have a lot of books to get through uh, tonight. Uh, for ten. 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 Sounds like ten. Do you want me to start, or you start? You go first. <laughs> Ooh, I have I have talked about this book before. I feel like it's going to be a strong candidate. I think it taps into both of our um, kind of natures of travel and seeing the world. And we both don't really get a chance to see, do that as much because we're getting older. But as young men, I think we meet uh, ourselves as visionaries. Patrick Lee Farmer. Yep. I don't know if Farmer is how you pronounce his last name. Farmer. Farmer. Uh, and it's the first in his, uh, I, want, I guess you'd call it a trilogy, but of uh, travel writing, A Time for Gifts, which is um, kind of starts when he's 18 years old in 1933 and sets off to see uh, Europe. Uh, he goes into, I think he travels around the Danube, he goes on to Constantinople, and it is a famous um collection of books by him and this would be the first travel. one yeah the travel log yes yeah, yeah. and um it's a book i've been meaning to read i think i have the second one which is in between in between the woods 
uh, in the water. And then the last one is The Broken Road. And I have it in this lovely New York Review books. I think they've done all three of these. Nice. So that's my first nomination. A time forgives Patrick Lee for more. It's a good nomination. If you could travel anywhere in the world with your family, where would you go? Mm, I like to go back to Europe. Anywhere specifically? Uh, I think I like to hit, like we do a three week thing. Okay. When we went a couple years ago, we went for three weeks and we hit a couple cities along the way. I think with a small kid, the plan would be we do Paris for a week. Paris, Vienna. Yeah. I want to go to Lisbon. The wife wants to go to Berlin or somewhere, Amsterdam or something. Okay. Either way, I'd be happy. But something that 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 would be. Okay. The, what, if it was just by yourself, where would you go? Hmm. Oh, same Greece? place. Greece. What? Huh? Those no, same- by myself right at right now or yeah. no, I'd go to Egypt, Egypt. Cairo, somewhere Ooh. like that. Yeah. Final question. If it's just you and I traveling, where are we going? Egypt. I don't want to. Oh, come on, man. I don't no, we, we do a motorcycle trip across South America. That's already been done. I have by Che and you'd be the other guy. No, that's Che. I'm thinking of the motorcycle diaries. No, that would have been a good nomination. Oh, that would have been. Anyway, I can't ride a motorcycle. You know we that. do a motorcycle trip. Me, me neither. Yeah, we're, it's going to take us six months to learn how to ride a motorcycle. We learn for the thing. Motorcycle trip across Chile, Chile, Chile. That's my answer. All right. What do you think about my 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 first nomination? Pretty I sure. I like that. I, that guy's on my radar because he, I think a little later, maybe in the third book, he talks about it. He joined the Greek resistance, like uh, the Nazis in World War II invaded the island of Crete. Yeah. He he would happen to be in Crete and he joined the kind of mountain guerrillas, the resistance to the Nazi occupation. Mm-hmm. And they actually kidnapped a Nazi, gen- like they swooped into town, kidnapped a Nazi general and took him to the mountains. Sounds like a thriller. I read a book that centered around that and that he he came on my radar because he was part of he was like the swashbuckling british guy who joined the greek resistance so he's been on my radar for a while because of that so that's, i think he'll also probably make us feel like we're not living our lives to its fullest potential oh definitely okay definitely. which i think we both enjoy you know feeling bad about ourselves being like the thing i'm thinking about today is like how do i clean the side of my house from all the weeds that it has Again and brood them out. You know? Know. Well, there's some vines too, and Get some snippers. I'm allowed. I'm not allowed to take out all the vines. Why not? Well, fiance, oh, because I'm they're not allowed to do that. Yeah. So I, it's a delicate balance that I leave. That's my life. That doesn't sound pleasant. I don't like stuff like that. It hurts <laughs> your back. It's in theory, it's like, yeah, I could weed. I don't mind being outside, but then it's like bend over it hurt your back yeah, i like yeah, i like your game i like there's you no should. way we could be farmers yeah we'll like, scrap that but i mean farmers that don't grow anything i think we could both do that oh, that's true yeah anyway Elon. give me your first nomination give it come on okay. so time clock back in 401 bc oh you're going you're going old school there was a greek a band of greek mercenaries who got hired out to help a guy named Cyrus the Younger, a Persian guy whose brother had just become emperor of the Persian Empire, which is the big thing. This is before Alexander the Great. So the Persian Empire was still the big big kid in that area, right? The bully. Cyrus, Cyrus's brother, Artaxerxes II, not Junior. Artaxerxes II, don't call me Junior. How does that work? His dad was, or he was, he's the second king named Artaxerxes. It might not have been his dad. Anyway, so their sibling rivalry. Artaxerxes is king of Persia, but Cyrus wants to be king. He's going to try to overthrow his brother. He hires these 10,000 Greek mercenaries to help him overthrow his brother. 10,000. Skeptical, that's the nature of mercenaries. You didn't have to fight for Greece. You hire whoever, and they're your guys. And so you're, if you win, you're richly rewarded. 
Do you like, think we would be we would qualify as mercenaries back then? I think that would be kind of our gig. No, we can't even be farmers and weed lawns. We're not fighting people. Okay, combat with swords. I was just asking. Continue. Anyway, okay, I'd be a general. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so that's the gist. These ten thousand Greek mercenaries get hired on to try to overthrow Artaxerxes. Gotcha. I'm there. I'm following you. They go, so they got to march all the way into the heartland of Persia, northern Mesopotamia, about where Iraq is. They fight a battle. They win the battle. But in the course of that battle, Cyrus gets killed. So it kind of doesn't matter that they win because you don't have anybody to set on the throne. So Artaxerxes is still the emperor. He has a hold on the kingdom. He's still the king. And you're these Greek mercenaries who back the wrong side mm. in rebellion and the Persian king is very mad at you and you're still heads well yeah they try okay so what is this book the persian emperor (laughs) the persian king kills the top three of their their general and their top three guys so the rest of the ten thousand are left kind of leaderless in the middle of hostile country and they got to get back to greece true story book is based on the trip back. After all that happens, oh. they gotta get back. It's called the Anabasis. My copy is called the Persian Expedition, but Anabasis is the more by Xenophon, spelled with an X. Oh, look at that. Xenophon, but Xenophon. It's uh, one of the very first adventure tales. True story. Xenophon became after after the the three main dudes from the the ten thousand yeah. got killed. He and a couple other people were kind of elected to be like the new leadership. Mm-hmm. Xenophon, who studied under Socrates in Greece, uh, led him back big big chunk of him back through deserts, mountain passes. They had to fight their way out of the Persian Empire. How do you spell? How you spell Alabasis? <laughs> Anabase. Type in the Persian expedition by Xenophon. Okay, I'm just trying to Google this because you, you, you know, I'm not a great speller. So, okay, that's that's that sounds very good. It's a cool um, story. I haven't read it, but I have this little copy here. That sounds very interesting. Yeah, you can get a good you can get get a good Penguin Classic edition. Mm-hmm. You can get annotated editions. It's pretty cool. I'm I'm not dismissing this. Hmm. I'm not. In fact, I might even push for it because it's outside it's, it's, my wheelhouse. Yeah, that's what I was going for with these nonfiction, nonfiction April. You know, pushing me to read something different. Oh, Both okay. of us. Both of us. Okay. Are you ready for my next nomination? Yeah. This is a genre we have not read before. I mean, not just like nonfiction for the pot. We have read some nonfiction. Is it a medical textbook? It is not. It's nature writing. And it's considered, um, and I had a very, uh, a family friend um, was friends with this author, actually. And so yeah. uh, last year, this author recently passed away. He actually took some of the books in this author's like private collection and sent a couple of them to me, which was a um, thank you, Dave, by the way. So, but I had this book before that, and this would be Arctic Dreams by Barry Lopez. Um, kind of one of the famed nature writers um, of the last, you know, 40 years. And this won the National Book Award in 1986, and it is Barry Lopez as a biologist up in the upper Arctic reaches kind of, uh, I think he was in Canada for a while and it's just nature writing about the, what he sees, the flora, the fauna. It is, I don't read a lot. I think I read one nature book last year, not for the podcast or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing, we haven't gone down this route and this is considered kind of one of the important works in nature writing. I've heard of the guy, yeah. Okay, so Arctic Dreams. He's written, he, I think he wrote one called Horizon right before he passed away. Um, but I think it would be cool for the podcast for, if we could read this book. Arctic I agree. Dreams. I agree. Yeah, so. And I have, a, I have a tie slightly to him. Not very, very kind of cool. Yeah, friend of the family. 
friend of the family of the friend of the family. Friend of a friend of the family. Friend of the friend. Um, but yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I have I have an extra copy. I have two copies of oh really? Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to you don't have to break the bank. I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna read this book this year. Maybe if it's not for the podcast, I will read this book. Yeah, okay. So okay. very nice cover here. But yeah. that looks cool. Very, very blue. It's yeah. Very blue. It's a it's a nice shelf, or I don't know what that is, but uh, I will learn what that term is for that. Hopefully, he talks about penguins. I think he talks about a lot of stuff. Our penguins are in the Antarctic. Yes, in the Arctic. I think he's. Uh, I think he's in the north. Santa he's, Claus lives in the north. You're just. Penguins live in the south. Okay. Anyway, so I think it would be really. I think we both learned a lot. I, do, I like, think picture writing would be a good category to uh, gravitate to. Nature you know writing. what my second book is? My nomination is? What? It's a nature writing book. Is it really? Really, yeah. You're not pulling my leg here. No, see? Okay. Are you ready? You, I'm ready. This is a book my brother gave me. I was going to kind of push for this because it might sound kind of out of the blue and boring. But... Here we go. So, you ever heard the saying, um, close observation of anything will pay tremendous dividends? No. You know who said that? You? Just now? Just now. Yeah. 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 And I think it's really good. Okay. Uh, so, this book is called Keith County Journal by John Janavoy Jr. He's a, it's from the 70s. He's got a cool old cover. My brother gave it to me to read. It. I started it, the chapter two. It. Um, he kind of just goes into, in really good detail, everything that goes on in Keith County. He kind of just observes the life of the living organisms in his little county in Nebraska. Um, termites, snails, somewhat the people, so that kind of the thing, a good writer can make anything interesting. And the first two chapters were actually really fascinating, even though they're about termites and snails. See, I like this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keith County Journal. It's got, my copy's got cool little illustrations. Here's a little excerpt just to okay, really I'm doing a good job of selling it. So. No, no, no. I'm, I, I'm pulling it up uh, on Amazon. I'm just kind of getting everything spelled right. And Okay. Sorry. Termites are colonial insects, however, and as such are supported or supposed to possess a rigid caste system, a division of labor and a non-human uh, predestination for roles that an individual has little chance of changing. There is no such thing in nature as a single termite, just as there is no such thing as a single honeybee or a single cliff swallow. To say that the individual is subordinate to the group is to understand the case by the order of magnitude. The group is the organism. The individual is one of the organism's cells. The species are tibialis. There's lots of Latinate words in this book. Occurs on the face of the earth as a population of evolving units not as a population of individual animals any more than the population of cattle on the face of the earth occurs as individual cow cells. He sounds like a smart guy. We could do a whole episode unpacking that paragraph. <laughs> but it's, it's I, interesting it's stuff like it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's, I like it's a little niche and I like that because I, like, I, I mm. like, you know, like nonfiction can either be overarching big concept or like a small concept in like a county and it's animals and the you delve into everything there and, and the quote the paying close attention to anything uh can pay tremendous dividends it's kind of a lot have you heard the thing as above so below yes which i also just said it uh but no you know things are kind of like each other in way if you pay close attention there's always be something useful you'll notice patterns and similarities yeah. in nature which can be useful in other ways so i've always i've had i need a i want to finish the book 
I think I started it right before we did started the podcast, and then I got distracted by all the other stuff. But okay, Keith, I thought, thought it would be a good uh, bit of nature writing. It's also a bit like it's. Okay. I think it's a good book to put on people's radar for uh, an example yeah. of a book that. Yeah. Pa- it sounds like a passion project of this author, like to take mm-hmm. this one thing and make and get it published and out to the world. Yeah. And I like it. Yeah. All right, we're gonna head into my the the part of my nominations that are kind of in a category to themselves and they are my parents got me these books for christmas as just a i'm gonna get my son a random nonfiction history book that i i kind of would just say over the years just you know i have so many books just give me any new because i don't really i didn't usually buy nonfiction books so i just say anything new that you think is interesting I'll probably find it interesting for Christmas. So they would occasionally do that. And the next three books are, I believe, three books that I got for Christmas that I haven't gotten to. Okay. But I, you know, let's see here. So first one up, uh, history book. Finalist for the Pulitzer Prize. It deals with, the next two books are going to deal with the American West and sort of the 1840s to 1900 okay. and this is called empire of the summer moon by sc gwynn i read that you read this yeah it's a good book is it yeah because i i i've read a little bit about the native americans i've read uh bury my heart at wounded knee which is like the kind of the yeah. big kind of book you have to read i guess if you want to know anything about uh the american west and the native americans and i had this book on my shelf and i haven't read it and it sounded really good it's good is the comanches the comanches it's fascinating in and of itself yeah and the in the last comanche chief which is uh quana parker parker quana parker who and his I, I believe on the cover is that him or his mom his mom was a white settler yes who got kidnapped by the comanches and decided to live like preferred it lived with them and then her son became one of the last free big time comanche chiefs it's fascinating i have little tidbits of knowledge about the comanche because i read that book Mm -hmm. like they really took to the horses they were just some obscure tribe way up in wyoming until uh a bunch of horses from the Spanish settlers in the like 15, 1600s got loose and made their way up from New Mexico all the way up. And for whatever reason, that tribe of really? Comanches really took the horses and just became the dominant, uh, almost like Native American empire because huh. they were so good with horses. Really? So they could raid and just outride everybody. They hundred miles a night. The term Comanche moon it's a full moon, really bright, and it was really dangerous because they could. It's a good time to raid because they could see, and it was. It, so, it was, yeah, I don't know that. if I want you to reread a, a like a book for this month, but you talking about this book makes me want to re- put this on a. There's all sorts of stuff. The yeah. Texas Rangers, like the Gus and Captain Call, yeah, yeah, they were formed specifically to fight the Comanches, and they were a bunch of tough people who could ride long distances and actually keep up with them. Cause oh, at first right. it was almost impossible to ride as hard and far and actually catch them. That's interesting. You know, it was like all of Texas up through Nebraska, parts of Colorado, just a huge. And that's in this book. book full of all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, like I said, I don't know since you've already read it and let's, I would kind of lean towards us choosing a book that we both haven't read, but. We'll see. We'll mull it over. But it's you recommend it. Yeah, it's worth reading. Okay. Okay. So that would be my third nomination, Empire of the Summer Moon by S.C. Gwynn. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but anyway. Matt, next book. All right. So we have the most you've you've gone 400 BC and then you went to a small county. Keith County. County. So where are we going next with your nominations? The Green, the Emerald Isle. Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. This is this is my fun pulpy. This might be the most entertaining one. 
and I don't even want to try to describe it. Don't, it won't do it justice. So I'm just going to read a little bit. Okay. In a 20 year career marked by obsessive secrecy, brutality, and meticulous planning, Martin Cahill, AKA the general, quickly rose to the ranks of the Irish underworld until he himself became an international celebrity. His criminal record included assassination, kidnapping, the bombing of a car belonging to a forensics expert who could finger him, and pulling off the largest gold heist in Irish history, and even more incredible, one of the world's largest art heists. Cahill controlled a network of fences all over the world and a money laundering operation that consisted of gangs in London and Manchester. And no one ever crossed Cahill after someone suspected of grassing on him ended up crucified on a pool table. That sounds like a great book. Doesn't it? That's, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, what's it yeah. called? The General? The General by Paul Williams. I think it was written in the late 90s. I've had, uh, I got it from the bargain bin at Barnes and Noble. Kind of had it forever. I haven't read it, but it seems just like a cool story, doesn't it? It does. It's yeah. funny you bring up Ireland because I don't think I've told you this, but I picked out this, uh, there's a new uh, kind of history book, personal history book about Ireland I just got from the library. And I don't always read all the books I get from the library. Sometimes I dip my toes in them and see if I like them. Yeah. I got this book called We Don't Know Ourselves by Fintan O'Toole. And it starts kind of from his birth in 19, 1958, talking about Ireland. And it's fascinating. I didn't, I'm not going to nominate it, but it's just a nonfiction book I'm reading kind of off to the side. So it's funny you mentioned Ireland. Huh. Yeah. yeah. This, this sounds like a, uh, why isn't this a movie? It might be. I vaguely remember... There's a movie I saw with Kevin Spacey back before all this. Oh, it looks like it Ordinary is. Decent Criminal. The General. Oh, yeah. no. Hold on. No, I don't think it is a movie. Oh, hey. That's a weird. The, the picture on the, the cover is very intense. Uh, mine is the guy a guy wearing a mask and a hood. Yeah, that's the guy I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, he, he had crucified a guy on a pool table. That's oof. that's sends a message, doesn't it? Does send a message that yeah. uh, you can't play pool on that pool table anymore. No shot. It's never good. It's it's never fun to get crucified, but yeah, especially on pool table. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. Bar. Okay, I do another impressive nomination. Sounds like a very fun read. All right, you ready for my next one? Next book yeah. I got for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, continuing with the uh, West theme, American West theme. I don't know. This, do you ever have, there's people in history, you know the name, you've heard the name a bunch of times. You have no idea really what they did. Do you have anybody like that kind of? Yeah. There, I like quite a few people. This, Johnny Appleseed. Yeah, he played in Apples. But like, what's his real story? This is kind of one of those characters. The, the character is Kit Carson. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard Kit Carson for 30 years. I don't really know what Kit Carson did. Do you? He was like a trapper. But was it he pioneer? He was tied. Yeah, that's about but, all I know. Yeah. Is this another SC Gwynn book? No, it's not. Close. Though. Okay. He wrote it, a book about Kit Carson. Did he really? I don't think. Anyway, I'm not gonna dispute. Or it's similar. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. The book is called Blood and Thunder by Hampton Sides. Okay. That's the book. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It wasn't a sequin. It's yeah. It's the epic history of Kit Carson and the conquest of the American West, kind of starting from 1846. Yeah. Um, detailing kind of the U.S. Army's march across the West. Kit yeah. Carson being one of the key figures there of that kind of area. Uh, kind of, I think a wide scope book came out a little while ago, but I think a um, it was very popular book just like the um, Empire of the Summer Moon. Mm-hmm. I would say these books came out maybe like 10, 15 years ago, but uh, yep. it's a, uh, a book I've, I've moved with and put up on shelves and never gotten around to reading. So I've but, seen that book a lot too. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's at the Sides is a very popular uh, nonfiction history writer. Um, he did one called Ghost Soldiers that mm-hmm. I think sold a lot, so. Uh, popular history but i think it would be a, a fun read 
So mm-hmm. that's tempting. It's a good okay. selection. All right. So we're on to your fourth book. Yeah. Because we're getting close to you have four, but you want to have. This is my last official nomination. Official nomination. Okay. Okay. So, and I've actually read this a couple of years ago, but I like the topic so much and I've been thinking about it lately. And I think it'd be fun to, to bounce around and to talk about it again. How, how do you think that people first got into the Americas? Oh, as far as like, how did they walk here? How'd they get here? Did they walk? Did they take a boat? Yeah, because isn't the thinking, well, yeah, that's a good question. Isn't it? I think I took a class on this. I'm trying to remember. Wasn't the thinking that they came from Russia? The land bridge, yeah. The land bridge. But they then there's it. also some debate about um, possibility of people getting, like, so the, somehow, the, like, the, archaeology of that all doesn't make sense yeah like, there's there's some missing times or i there's I can't a remember ton of other theories there's yeah i like that stuff I, i'm kind of a dork about that type of the thing Vikings. that's what this book is about okay right? so it's called atlas of a lost world by craig childs it travels in ice age america and amongst detailing all the theories about how people could have gotten here he uh he at the same time is writing about the present moment and he's canoeing up in alaska in the summer kind of going from place to place and writing about that and he kind of details how it would be really easy for people ten thousand years ago to canoe up and down the coast and just it's it wasn't just the land bridge there were other they find metals and stuff that were only available in the Iberian Peninsula on the east coast of America from over ten thousand years. There's so much. To, there's one, you know, they they found mastodon skeletons standing upright, like they were just flooded in a big thing of water, like they drowned real quick. Which a lot of when the ice age ended and all those glaciers melt melted, you know, they the the landscape. Um, of you know florida georgia like that area of the americas used to be remarkably similar to the african savannah just how quick there were there used to be glaciers like the arctic extended all the way down to about wisconsin okay you know just there's all this stuff the land bridge itself is kind of us projecting backwards in time because it wouldn't have been a bridge it was a thousand miles from north to south of just really fertile land that would have been good to hunt. And mm. so people would have just kind of hunted and migrated through there until they came to a big block of ice about, I don't know, halfway through Alaska or something. So it wasn't a bridge to anywhere. It was this thing ended in a glacier. And then the author, while he's canoeing around Alaska, is kind of musing about, you know, it would have seemed like the end of the road and there's nothing beyond there. But if you have kind of the itch to explore, which is common to all humanity, mm-hmm you may like maybe you would try to risk going over the ice you know the ice the ice bridge because you would see birds coming from somewhere else so you wouldn't necessarily think it's the end of the world to be like oh i wonder what's over there because there are birds flying from the other side Uh, anyway there's it's a fascinating book he's a good writer he mixes in well his own little travels and adventures and okay it, people knew how to sail basically they may not have stayed and permanently colonized it but it's really there are people all over you could you could kayak from uh i think said alaska down to chile the tip of chile and like i forget how long a couple months yeah. a year tops you could so it's it's interesting it's fun it'd be I'll good to pick as you can see, I'm kind of geeky about the topic, so I'd, that'd be fun to kick around. It's uh, it sounds like a like a hypoth- hypothetical like type book where it's like oh, let's consider different like we have this like set set in stone yeah. type thing, but we're not. It's not like yeah, for sure. What so there is solid evidence that it's not just a land yeah. bridge ten thousand years ago. Like they do find mammoth skeletons and metal and stuff but it, you can also kick around it would be theoretically possible to 
to bundle up and cross the glacier if you were motivated. Just like you, you and know, I, just that yeah, we, we'd be a couple of couple guys, couple pals. Hey, you want to go on a little summer expedition down to uh, Chile? I would canoe. I would not cross a gla- glacier. Yeah, I think canoeing would be fun. Yeah. Plus, isn't it conceivable that like the tides and the oceans would be different then, or am I just completely insane? I don't know. Like, would, is mood. it possible that they were calmer or i don't know just kicking around some ideas kicking around some ideas it's always dangerous for us liberal arts dudes to venture into the world of science like, i think the oceans were just uh it's just uh, like a nice pond and you just could yeah, they were calm as a pond because the moon wasn't around then yeah exactly and the moon causes the tides among all right up. Let me go to my last book. Another in my uh this is a well-made hardy hardy uh hardback that I have here. Heavy book. Hardy uh, hardy? Hardy hardy. I don't know. It's oh hardy. Oh, I see what you're doing. It's getting late. I was up early. Anyway. Uh really famous author for uh biography. Uh on share now. No. Um, he did one about Einstein. He did one about Steve Walter Jobs. Isaacson. Yes. And the one I have is Leonardo da Vinci. Ooh. Uh, he kind of, I think it's a little, it flies under the radar. How much stuff this guy did. Da Vinci. Like, yeah. You're just like, Oh, he did that. Oh, yeah. he did that. And that you're like the last supper too. Oh, you're like, that's not another That's Yeah. The, the man in the circle, the naked dude in the circle. He did, I think he did that too, right? Did he does the Mona Lisa? He does all this kind of stuff, and this is his life told by Walter Isaacson. Um, yeah, need, need I say more? Do you know a lot about Da Vinci? Not really. We could re- no, he, he painted real good and invented the helicopter. He, I think you're just you're pulling my leg here. He really did supposedly have prototypes for a helicopter, he didn't actually make one. I mean, he just accomplishes so much in his life. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. 1495, he begins The Last Supper. That's um, a pretty important painting. Uh, what's the, Let's see here. Eight years later, he begins The Mona Lisa. He's not, you know, he doesn't stop when he's accomplished a great deal. He does a lot of like little um, sketches, a good sketch guy. But anyway. Didn't he, he had a, a code too. And he was involved in the hiding of the, the true Holy Grail. Was you get you get into all this like pseudo stuff that I'm not entirely sure because I don't know. I haven't. Well, read I read that. a book a while ago. It's pretty popular called The Da Vinci Code. Oh boy, yeah, that's and true. It, no, that way he hid stuff in his paintings. I don't so remember if he was a good guy or bad guy. This is what you're talking about, that guy. The Da Vinci Code. Yeah. The what? What is it called? There's a name for it. The Something Man. The guy in the circle. The guy in the circle, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Venusian, the Vesuvian man. It's something yeah, like that, right? He's got a name. And if you read the book, we'll find out what it is and we'll talk about it. But that's, a, I mean, that'd be a fun little zig. Little zig. Little thanks for zag, zig. Let's do the Da Vinci. Yeah, okay. Biography. Before we start talking about what book we're going to select out of these great books, uh, what's the book you want to put on our radar? to the listener to me that you might want to do a mini seasonal with to con- i think i want to push for it later later we don't we gotta okay. Stuff okay first i want to bring it up okay. it is a guy who i kind of much like in the way i like dave matthews i don't talk about him because i think it's he's got a weird reputation in like literary bookish circles as far as i can tell he's very popular and i think he gets a bad rap I'm curious if you have an opinion, if you've heard of him. It, I like him, but I'm, I, I don't know. It's like a weird Dave Matthews. Type being nervous. Yeah. It's hard to describe. I, I think they're good. And I think it would be fun to do a read along with. Okay. It has been banned in prisons across <laughs> the country, which is a good rule of thumb to tell, you know, people. It's actually dangerous if you want prisoners reading it. Okay. I'm, confi- I'm a little bit confused. Have you heard of Robert Green? Robert Green, Green with an E on the end. I don't think I have. With an E? He wrote a book. This is his first book. He's 
so nervous about this. He's shelved in self-help, but I would argue it's not your typical. It's 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 called the Forty-Eight Laws of Power. Forty-Eight Laws of Power. Yeah, he wrote the Thirty-Three Laws of War. Wrote a book called Mastery. His latest book is called The Laws of Human Nature. But his first book, like a huge hit, did really well. It's called The Four Day. Oh, this looks familiar. Yeah, yeah, you recognize the cover and everything. But it's literally, there's 48, you know, laws of just how the world works, how, you know, never outshine the master. Uh, Conceal your intentions. Recreate yourself. Uh, play a sucker to catch a sucker, seem dumber than your mark, enter action with boldness, plan all the way to the end. Can Just, I be honest with you? I don't like this kind of stuff. You no, know, it's good, but I'm telling you, <laughs> that's exactly, I think exactly where it comes from. It's, and he's not, he's not being Machiavelli. A lot of people think, oh, he's just soulless. He's not saying this like to do this and to be a CEO and be a social. Okay, because that's what it sort of sounds like. He's saying this is how the world works. And if you're not, if you don't go into it with open eyes, you're going to get taken advantage of. Okay. I've watched, I've read some of his other books. I've only read bits and pieces of this, you know, throughout the years. But he's not, he's not a, a guru, like a, a weird. A is he weird selling guy. me something? Is he selling me something? Just no. He's not telling me something. No, and that's the thing. So, I mean, it's it's got a mixed reputation, but I'm telling you, (laughs) it's fascinating stuff. He's got little historical tidbits wrapped up in each of his little lessons. It's it's entertaining. Okay, I mean, I catnip for historical anecdotes wrapped up in a story, and then just here's kind of just a piece of how the actual world works. He's not teaching people how to be sociopaths, but a lot of times people can't get past that with his books. I gotta be honest. Some this, of stuff, his, this stuff, I don't know. You gotta, okay. You really want to read this book. At some point, eventually. Not now. It'd be like a mini seasonal. Let me think about it. It'd be, or even just a chapter, just to start with a chapter. Maybe not even the whole thing, but just, it'd be fun to kick around. All right. There's some meat to it. I think it's better than self-help, but it's categorized as self-help. I think a lot of people judge it by its cover and by reputation and go, eh, eh. But yeah. it's it's actually, I think there's there's more to it. And the later books, like The Laws of Human Nature was actually good. It was just a psychological book about how people operate and stuff. It's I have some reservations about this kind of stuff, but I've never actually read any of this stuff. But he's a guy I secretly like, and I think it would make for some good episodes, frankly. Because, okay, I don't, people that are like, I gotta, I gotta better your life. I'm just like, all right. No, 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 he's not, but he's not doing that either. All right. Are you? and and frankly, a lot of his fan base, much like Dave Matthews, a lot of his fan base are kind of d bags, okay. right? Well, that's right. the other thing, you know. Like they take it, no, oh, it's going to help me, and, and they kind of buy into period. my country, okay, yeah. Bro, Robert Greene. I don't. I'm not. You're not about to sell me something in. here, right? But I'm just saying, there's more. Okay. It's interesting. There's more to it. It's all sad. I just put it up. Put it on the radar. All right. You did put it on the radar. I got I got to grapple with this for the next. See if I'll allow it into our our great canon of books. I'll be psychologically adept about it. <laughs> You'll just buy me the copy and send it to me. All right, but let's seriously let's get let's we got to pick a book here for uh, April. Um, what do you feel? Can I tell you? Um, your son, I just heard your son cry out. He's like, get pick a book. Yeah, he um, just got in bed and he's he's so mad. Can I tell you right now what I'm leaning towards? Yeah. We go through each book. We have a lot of books. We don't have to go through each of yeah, them. Yeah. What are your initial feelings? What's the first your... book you mentioned. Xenophon? Xenophon, the Persian expedition, aka hmm. that word I can't pronounce. I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe we should just do it. Um like, I don't... Z- like I 
out of mind, the one I kind of am most interested in is Leonardo da Vinci. If I'm being honest with you, that struck me as a fun little random Walter Isaacson just is, to do for the sake of learning about yeah. him. Yeah, but it's it's the Atlas Love of a Lost Love World. Me. I think is it would cover a subject that I'm interested in. Um, Keith County Journal is kind of interesting as a as a reader where you where you go with your tbr could go into different areas and that would definitely be a different area uh barry lopez arctic dreams i definitely want to read the two american west books i've nominated and then there's the kind of time of gifts yeah i've nominated before i don't know the xenophone i let me let me read a little bit a-N-A-B-A-S-I-S. Tell, Tell me where you're where you're where you think we would have the best time. Well, I don't know. I, part of me really wants to push for Keith County Journal, but I might do like you do with the Barry Lopez and just try to read it on my own at some point. Ah. And I think I could come back with some interesting stuff after I read it, but I yeah. Um if you're into the Xenophon, that could be kind of fun and different too. In the same way, the Da Vinci one, I think would be kind of just a fun random. Whoa. I think we could have a lot of fun with. Uh, Cause I really, I know nothing Justin. about this, literally nothing. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see how it's written. Do you have a copy of this? Yeah. Is yeah. it, is it kind of written the translation from. Yeah. There's like 10 different translations. Mine is called The Persian Expedition, but it's the same story as the Anabasis. Let's see, randomly. So, you know, have you ever heard the thing? Turn to page 90. If you're on the fence about a book, turn to page 99 and read page 99. I do it. But okay. Well, I won't read the whole page, but I'm saying that I do that, but only because I have to be different. I do it page 111. You're insane. It's just OCD, but let's go to 111 and I'll just pick paragraph towards the bottom. Uh, da, 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 da. No, let's do uh, uh, they did not dare to make war on us until they had made prisoners of our generals. And this was because they thought that so long as we had commanders and were obedient to them, blah, blah, blah. That sounds pretty, it's not too old, I mean. <laughs> Just totally out of context. The worst readings I've ever heard. <laughs> it's dimming that's, here. That's coming from somebody who's like, like develops a stutter through half the episodes. Like, I was yada, 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 and they just sound too old timey. Some of that stuff, the old timey stuff, sounds very florid and hard to read. But that that seems yeah. Like we could read it. We could read it. Yeah. Okay. Anything? Well, I mean, what else? I'm tempted to run with this. Uh, Atlas of the Lost World would be fun, but I've already read it, so I don't feel like I pushed too hard for it. Although the subject matter is fun to talk about. I don't know if you're in for. I'm looking a little of the the reviews to see if there's anything that's like. This is very slow. Um... I don't know. Everyone's pretty positive about a book that's been, you know, around for thousands of years, which I would kind of expect. I don't think a bad book would be um, still in print. Yeah, in the public domain at this point. Xenophon, the Persian Expedition. Not X Xenophon. 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 X E N O P H O N. Like like Xavier. The one I'm the translator I'm looking at. Is Rex Warner? That's mine. Okay, good mine. Do you want to do it? You want to? I don't. I don't. I feel like you. Have I do, I kind of do. The general would be fun, but maybe maybe we do. We just mentioned history because we were close to doing Thucydides. Yeah, a little bit ago. Maybe we just bite the bullet and do an ancient history. Let's but do it. Mar- they gotta they gotta get out of enemy territory. I, I let's do it. Okay. The Persian Expedition by Xenophon. Fancy. There we go. We're going back. This is ancient. 
There will be books that's never gone back this far in time. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm trying to... Yeah, I don't think so. Because, like, Robert Graves wrote I, Claudius, but it's not like he was... This is 400 years before that. Yeah. Well, I'm like I... But he, he a contemporary author kind of writing about 2,000 years Oh, ago. yeah. The it's different yeah. than, than, like, a tale from then to now. Yeah. All right. Student of Socrates, too. Yeah, like, it's a... Z- who? Xenophon was. Xenophon? Xenophon or phone? I'm saying phone. It's not, uh, there's no E, so I think it's Fawn. I might just... Talk a, we talk about this book. I'm not going to be able to pronounce. We'll look up. We'll look up. 75% of the names. I'm going to say that right now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have their names in my head, and they're going to be wrong. So yeah, well, yeah, We'll just have to deal with that. And I will think about the 48 Laws of Power. By Robert hey, I'm going to gradually... If we wind up doing it, you'll think it's your idea. Because okay. <laughs> you'll convince me. Is that one of the things? That's probably one of the things he's talking about. It's like how to convince someone to do something they don't want to do. Probably. Well, sort of. Is this like a? This is like a ruse. I feel like I'm. I'm. No, you're not getting played. Like you're gonna ask for a thousand dollars, and I'm just gonna. Oh, no, but I'm saying people assume he's like that, and I'm telling you, he's not. Okay, that's my kind of thing, and that's my hesitation. That's your. Con- like, that's bring it up. If we read you know it. Mean? You have to convince me that is true. Yeah. And it'll be a mini seasonal. We got to finish the Marlon James first. It'll pop up again maybe in June-ish. Okay. So the listeners probably like these guys have way too many books. Let me do a let me do a quick rundown of what we have on our TBR. So as you just heard, we just added the Persian Persian Expedition by Xenophon. Uh, that's our April book. Let's go with Xenophon. Xenophon? Yeah. What did I say? They didn't have they didn't phone. They didn't have phones back then. Xenophon. Okay. No. I'm I'm gonna mispronounce that name. Xenophon. Okay. I said okay. So that's our April book. We have not done an episode for our March book, but we we will do that here shortly. And that is Black Swan Green by David Mitchell, one of our favorite authors here on There Will Be Books. Um, great book. Highly recommend. It's you. so good. It's it's we're we're taking our time with the episode. It's gonna be a good episode, but it's it's a great book. It if, really. If you've been following us for any length of time, you know we sometimes get behind on schedule, but we always finish the books. No, I'm not worried about it. I, I it's, it's yeah. We have also uh, exciting interview with an author, Sam Ernst, and we're going to be discussing this book, The New Manifesto, which came out last year. We're going to talk about that book, all things kind of like bookish, wherever we go with that. And that'll be next week's episode. So be on the lookout for that. And you can get uh, Sam's book uh, on Amazon. I think you can probably get it to your local uh, independent bookstore. So definitely check it out. A little metafiction for uh, your reading pleasure. We're still reading Sometimes a Great Notion. We're both getting farther along in that book. We're getting close. Yeah. Life and Fate is our yearly 2022 book. We haven't talked about it, but that is a big World War II book by Vasily Grossman. Read it along with us as we read that book. We mentioned, Matt mentioned this also. We also have a mini seasonal uh, Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James. So that is, I forgot one. We haven't picked this book, but over on our Patreon, we will have a thriller book that we will read. Part of our thriller book club there on Patreon. So that is all that we're reading right now. While also adding, you know, our secondary stuff that we read outside the podcast, which is insane. I don't know why I do that. I gotta just stop going to the library. You need to focus, yeah. I need to focus because we have some some heavy hitter books that we're reading. Some really good books, but yeah so but it wouldn't be fun if i didn't just add random books you know yeah it's fun you do it i do it fine yeah the listener at home does it if you're in school and you're in college you you got you got your class list of books guess what you're also doing you're reading your own books off to the side it's natural don't judge us Mm -hmm. that's what i read name of the wind i had a big old paper due and i had like his serious history books to read and i 
just write red name in the wind. We need to read. We should do a read. Like, come on, Patrick, finish that series. There will be books. We'll promote it, and we'll do a read along of the first two books. That's a big incentive for him to finish too. I know one of the bigger podcasts in Colorado. You know, I'm telling him to. I mean, come on. I don't want to. I'm on the side of take your time, make a good. Book. I know, but when you, it's when you told me to read these books, this is such a tangent. You told me all three were done because that's how they marketed the first one. I all know. three are done. You crazy. Just edit them. It has been anyway. But hey, take your time. Take Patrick. your time. Hey, I can't. I'm on I can't, record. Can't, to take your time. Can't th- throw rocks if I'm getting behind on on my reading schedule. Yeah, right. I'm taking yeah, my yeah. time. Anyway. So, I think we got a good, exciting uh, group of books here. Yeah. So, something for everybody, I think. Something a little I hope so. Let um, us know what you think. You're free to... More and more people have been taking advantage of the, the email address we sent out. And you, we try to be interactive. Put it... Uh, yeah. Vote, almost all the votes are in for the Patreon Thriller Club. It's, it's okay. com- coming down to, I think, two books. We'll, okay. But that'll be fun, and that'll be a continuing thing, too. So, uh, yeah, get in contact with us, and all of our social contact information is in the description of the episode on whatever platform you uh, listen to this. Matt, any final thoughts? Let us know. Do you know how to pronounce Zena? Is it Xenophon or Xenophon? Do you like it? Are you a serious literary person? What's your opinion of Robert Greene? You know... Have you read the 48 Lots of Power? Do you like self-help books? Will Will Peter come around and allowing this book on the podcast? Yeah. Do you think you could trick Peter into reading something he's hesitant about? You know? <laughs> well, Hold it over. Send us an email. All right. Thanks, man. We'll okay. talk to you soon. Bye.